Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. You can hear this message, listen closely, to the exiled, misunderstood, or upside down. This is your message of hope. When problems come, use them. When enemies persecute you, love them. These struggles are a fire, refining you into gold. Look around. You are not forgotten. You are not alone. Challenge what is expected of you. This world is not your home. You are different. I felt like you just didn't fit in. Couldn't always relate. You know, I had my fair share of partying, but there was just something about the college life that I didn't connect with. You know, something about keg stands and, you know, hitting your head with a beer can. And uh, my, my partying experience was a little bit more intellectual, uh, take over the world type stuff, pinky in the brain. So if we're going to party, we're going to think of how we can monetize this and we're going to, you know, basically run cartel and we need to do this kind of adventure. And that's just how it kind of looked for me. And uh, I felt different. I mean, even I remember as a kid, like just feeling different. And I really believe each one of us at some point in our life, we feel that way. And what that means is it's actually the unique expression of how God made you. And I think what we're looking for is, I want to fit in. I want to, I want to be known. I want to be accepted. I want to belong. It's the desire of every single person. But, you know, the only place you'll truly belong is with Jesus. Look into him. And you look side to side. You won't always get along, but we belong in him. And then he uses our differences and what's different about us for eternal impact to make a difference. You know, uh, Amanda, that was such a good dance, and knowing uh, part of your story and uh, losing your mom and how deep that is and um, the pain you felt and to see you dance and express is so powerful. And to uh, hear, you know, I loved how your dad took you on a date and said, um, I'm going to, if your first date with any guy doesn't surpass this date, then he cannot proceed to a second date. And that has inspired me. Um, so I am planning the most legendary date of all time with Giselle ever in the history of dates. And that dude better be ready. Okay. And if he's not ready, we are kicking him so fast to the curb. What do you mean grace? Yes, there's grace. You're in God, but doesn't mean you're in the virling tribe. Anyways, <laughs> come on. There we go in the name of Jesus. And so Look, anyways, uh, I'm so passionate about that. We got one girl in our house. Um, Pain is real. Tragedy knocks on anybody's door at any given time. Uh, One uh, preacher I heard said it so best is that there's three types of trials that are uh, always happening. So you either went through one, you're either in one, or you're about to enter one at some point. And if you think about that, that is super humbling. You know, we have a family here, the Baxter family, and uh, they lost their son this week. Brandon, who's been coming here, and uh, 25 years old, yo-yo champion, master, just compared to me, what my skills, but he wasn't actually a champion, but he was just yo-yo skill, could play music, could write music, and just in a moment, we get the phone call that they lost their son, lost a brother. And it was yesterday, we did the celebration service, and um, it was so powerful, you could feel the excitement Someone came up to me afterwards and said, thank you for putting the fun in funeral 
And I was like, because Brandon's alive. That's a good funeral. He's alive with Jesus. Now they're left with the pain, and we're going to pray for you guys today. And I'm humbled and honored that you came, and I think you couldn't have came at a better time because uh, Peter's writing is going to give us so much hope. You're going to see the backdrop of what's written in 1 Peter and what they're going through. When I say what they're going through, Jesus' followers is, are experiencing atrocious pain. I mean, horrific in fact, there's an emperor of the time in the state of Rome that his name is Nero. And there's a lot of writings about Nero, and they're not the most uh, display of servant leadership. In fact, Nero was so obsessed with power that he wanted to rebuild things. Now, power, this is so hard to understand unless you've had power and you're tempted by it. It's a spirit. It feeds into you, and it's, it's crying more and more and more. If you watch uh, an athlete that's won some type of championship, they're always striving for the next one. You're right, the next one. I hear this, uh, there was a story of Larry Bird beat Magic Johnson, and everyone's out partying and celebration, and Larry's up at 6 in the morning, and he just starts running. And they were like, Larry, we won. Why are you running? He goes, because Magic is wanting to beat me right now. <laughs> you know, he's just wanting, that, that drive, it never ends. The drive, drive, power. Now, Nero had that type of drive. And he, his obsession for power, the book of Peter, some debate whether it was written before or after what is called the Great Fire, where Nero, they couldn't prove this for sure, but it's speculated that he lit the city on fire so he, he could rebuild it again. He was known for um, uh, massive murdering. In fact, he murdered his own mom because she started speaking against him. And, and Christians, he would burn alive to, at his parties and different things just to, as a backdrop of, of just his power and display. And eventually he went on to take his own life. And, and at the end of his life, he wrote this. His final words were, what a showman the world is losing in me. Good riddance, right? Good riddance. Go away. But think about that. A leader in power that's abusing at that type of state and specifically persecuting Christians. And during the great fire, who to blame? He decided to shift the blame on Christians. And so Christians now, because they were already marginalized because they're threatening the power of the Roman regime. And so no one wants to give up their seat. So it's easy to blame it on this new Jewish following that's including Gentiles. And they're scattered all over the place and say, look, it's them. It's them. It's them. That's a serious amount of hardship going on. And so as we open up this book, that is the backdrop. That is the setting of what's going on. It's, it's, it gives whole new meaning. Is when you hear a song that somebody wrote and then you hear the reason why. There's songs that people have wrote when they've lost a loved one. And you hear the reason why. And it makes the song just illuminate. And so I believe today that the scripture will illuminate knowing that backdrop of what's taking place as Peter leads us in the words of God. Uh, let's read together as we check out the streetlights that lead us in the way. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. 
the hope of eternal life. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. A call to holy living. So think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in the land. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God has chosen him as your ransom long before the world began, but he has now revealed him to you in these last days. In Christ, you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth, so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. It's pretty fascinating to think that Peter's writing this to a church that's so marginalized. You know, you think about um, power, how it's fleshed out in 
nations today and the uh, up, like just the uproar that takes place from citizens. And then, okay, so God's, where's your response? And God definitely cares about things being made right, justice. He is the full display of that. But he, it seems like as Peter's writing here that he cares more about something even greater, and that's holiness through the hardships. And the term there, um, the foreigners, and in, in some translations, exiles, or even aliens, or sojourners, and um, I don't know if you've interacted with people that are foreigners here in America, and maybe you've even heard this type of prejudice uh, kind of on display is, is, well, if you're going to be here, learn the language, you know. And imagine how they feel. Well, imagine how we should feel as Christians, as foreigners. We don't fit in. Aliens. We're, we're not here. We're, this is not our home. But yet it's so interesting because God made everything. So this is actually God's, but yet the power at work of the God of this age, that is not our home. In fact, we await the great glory and return of Jesus. And when Jesus comes back, he will make all things new. And heaven is our home. And so as exiles, we need to know this is not our home. We are different. And look, as though someone who is homeless and hopeless, we are homeless and hopeful. Homeless and hopeful. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, Look, the birds have nests, foxes have holes, but I have no place to lay my head. Come on, you with me? Who wants to join this homeless revival? Yeah. Give your house, give everything. It's that good. He was always trying to show uh, just the contrast of trying to trust this world to say, if you trust me, you will eat forever, drink forever, have a mansion forever. Look, do not worry about this life. So much so that he's like, this person's like, let me go home real quick and bury my dad. He's like, let the dead bury the dead. Because they recognize, it wasn't that Jesus didn't care. He recognized the amount of, of, of emotional tying to that ceremony. When he's like, look, dad's already entered the next life. This is the next life. Are you with me? What an amazing leader we have. And he's not leading us boldly because he, he can't... Um, promise on what he's, you know, can't deliver on what he's promising, he's leading boldly because absolutely he's going to deliver on what he's promising. The two realms here in First Peter, in fact, it's, it's almost comical when you read it, uh, He's, he's, he's the grace of God, you've been saved. And look at your hope. And of course your trials, are, you're going to incur, occur, tri, and, uh, incur, occur, what world? You're going to have trials. Oh my gosh. I get like 5,000 words running around in my mind. But you're going to have a lot of them. And I just want to tell you that these trials, these testings will purify you. Like gold, but in fact, your faith is better than gold. I was driving around in my car and thinking of how blessed I am. It's like, I'm a multi-billionaire. And I didn't really have that perspective. I, I do have that perspective, but it wasn't at the forefront. And thinking, I'm a billionaire. Why am I a billionaire? I know Jesus Christ. I have a family. I have friends. I have so many different people that are pointing me to the gospel. This is awesome. Billionaires can't buy that. 
And that's what faith is. And, and so um, one commentary puts it that there's hardship in holiness. That the hardship, get this, it's inevitable. But holiness, it's commanded. And our obedience is optional. I think in every setting, we have the opportunity to display what holiness looks like. But it, where does it start? Is on the inside. The hardship is all external. It's happening all around us all the time. We don't know when we're going to get the phone call. We don't know what's going to happen. But I'm telling you, there's going to be hard things going out. But how we respond, I said, in everything we do, be holy. But why would you even want to be holy? Why would you want to have an attitude that's like the kingdom of love, peace, and forgiveness, and joy? And why would we want to set our lives apart and keep believing for more and want to see people's lives transformed? It's because God is holy. There's our great big why. Be holy, for I am holy. For God is holy, therefore I want to be holy. It's really loved to love. That we're responding to the love of God, and therefore, as we connect with him, we find ourselves just wanting to be like him. Holiness is like God. It really is. Now, holiness has been um, kind of systematically rolled out like a checklist. If you go to this class, read these books, show up at catechism. I need you to be here early. Join the dream team. And if you don't, you're not holy. But let's be honest. Religion doesn't work. A set of rules don't work. What is a life transformed works from the inside out. And therefore, since we live as people free, we want to then walk as, get this, slaves of righteousness, Scripture teaches us. We're not slaves of instruments of unrighteousness anymore, but we're slaves of righteousness. That our life isn't our own. We're like, yep, what do you say, Master? It's a good thing. It's a liberating thing. And so, therefore, you could be in a horrible job, in a horrible setting, in a horrible region, under horrible power, and still live as one that's different amongst what anything that's happening around you. Somebody, somebody. You with me this morning? <laughs> yeah. Hardships, you know what they will really bring to the surface? Because as something is tested by fire, the, you know, the impurities come out. I don't know if anyone's ever done a detox, but smell yourself after a detox. Just the impurities coming out. And in our life, when tests come, it's an opportunity to begin to get a testimony. Some have said, when the mess hits, it gives you an opportunity to display the message. It's because hardships, as they're inevitable, here's the thing. It's using that moment, that situation, that opportunity, that stress, that worry, to then now display the beauty of God. Because anyone can do it when it's good. Oh my goodness. Anybody. Oh, I so wish it could be easy all the time. I do. But it is a massive lie. It is such a lie. And so the hardships, what they'll do as they present themselves is it gives an opportunity to really show if your faith is real and authentic. Now our faith is not based upon how we respond to a setting or a situation, okay? So this is kind of tricky. But our faith is tested and displayed through those settings, and we get to really find out if it's real, genuine grace faith. Because if it's grace faith, my life isn't my own, death, burial, resurrection, I'm trusting Jesus Christ, and then these hardships, we get to find out that I think we have a phony faith many times is because we have the genie faith where God showed up for me once, I love him because I'm in a good season, or we have the faith that goes back to mom raised me, dad raised me as a Christian. When people are interviewed, okay, what do you identify with? Well, my uncle was a Christian. Had someone tell me recently, they said, well, yeah, I, look, 
you know, I can't really go to City Life. I did the Catholic thing as a kid, and, and uh, so I'm kind of Catholic, and I can't go. I was like, interesting. You went Catholic as a kid. And it's so crazy because I don't have those experiences. I have, like, two church experiences as a kid, and one of them, the most vivid one, is down in the basement, Sunday school, with a bunch of kids that I didn't really relate to. I'm playing Nintendo at 8. Shout out Mario. And these kids didn't look like they've seen that, that electricity works, right? And I'm down in there, and then we're, it smells like mothballs in the basement. And then we go outside in this little fenced area with outdated toys. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm watching Michael Jordan come fly with me and stuff. And I'm so excited about it. And we're playing dodgeball and kickball. And uh, it was really hard to understand that this was worth Sundays, this, is this worth Sundays? No, Grandma, please. No, not again. And I remember all my uncles, they'd be like, they just act as sleeping and hiding. They'd put their head on their pillow. They didn't want to go to church. But, they, but what was instilled in them, it wasn't that they didn't like Jesus or believe in God. We all believed in God. We just didn't understand how he fleshed out into my day-to-day life. Is Jesus adventurous? I don't know. But he's so adventurous, so adventurous that this life change must be so real that as Nero is persecuting Christians at an all-time high, that he's saying, guess what? You still have a high hope to look forward to. That's real faith during hard times. Real faith during hard times. And so the holiness then becomes to display that this isn't phony. This is real. This is real. Because we're homeless, but we're hopeful. We're filled with the power of Jesus Christ. Now we have to define something. The good news. What is the good news? What do you promise with it? And this is super challenging because the good news for some people has meant good times. But that's not guaranteed. One person can be in a season right now at Sparrow Hospital losing a loved one. And then right now at Sparrow Hospital, they're birthing a baby. Another family. How? Which one? So this family could have been praying. I remember walking in, uh, praying for a friend that we loved, and their liver was failing, and they have uh, a 10-year-old son that they're going to leave behind, and we're praying, and we're praying, and drum, you got to get here, because if you get here, God can do a miracle, and I'm like, yes, God, do a miracle. I'm like, I'm praying. I do. Look, I'm not into this wimpy prayer stuff. I'm praying. You see me? I'm just going like this. I'm like, Jesus, please. You know, I'm, I'm believing for it. God is, I've seen him move. I've seen him do miracles, but then the next day, it's like, oh, she passed. Can you do the service? Like, oh, what God is it? Well, Satan's a real enemy. We're seeing the effects of him everywhere. So evil's not attributed to God. Um, but yet God's over everything. He could, he could show up in a moment as he did and does. But yet that's not the greatest thing that he can do. That's not the good news. We don't understand his ways. His ways are higher. We, we don't. I many times want things that God won't do. I want my family to be changed in a time that I want it to happen. I want us to be living in a a setting that I, you know, financially, all kinds of things in my timeline. But God's thinking generationally. I know he's thinking generationally. Because my mom named me Jerome, and she didn't really know why. She took a lot of heat for it in a village of Pinckney. Jerome's not necessarily a white boy name, okay? And so... And, and so why would you name him Jerome, Amy? And it's so fascinating because we, we were thinking, because I had a dream that uh, I saw our daughter, and it was prophetic. I was, babe, we got to have children. 
I saw our daughter in a dream, and it was amazing. I was not into the kid world before this. First diaper I changed was our first child. And, and then we had this moment. We're crying. It's amazing. All right, so we find out that Crystal's pregnant. We're thinking, for sure it's the daughter, right? But then here comes the boy, and he looks just like me. And I remember hearing, clear as day, Jerome. And so we would wrestle because I'd been praying and fasting, and Crystal had been praying and fasting. We, wrote, we wanted to know what God wanted to name the child all year long. God, you wake other people up in dreams. Wake us up. I need to know. We're not just naming, you know, something, a cool name. We need to know what is the prophetic name for this child. This is your child. You've known the child before. He came here, and you'll know afterwards. You are the great provider. And just heard Jerome. Crystal's like, well, God was speaking to you. <laughs> no. I think his name's Jerome. And it was so cool because God's ways are higher because now we have the 2.0 version. He's better. He's going to go further. and He's going to be able to lead in ways and shape and serve. And, and then here comes justice. They're like a dynamic duo. And then here comes just sell for the glory of God. And then here comes twins when we were going to the hospital thinking we're not, uh, we don't even know what's going to happen because they couldn't find a heartbeat. And then they said that x-ray tech, the ultrasound tech, was horrible because <laughs> there's two heartbeats. And then Crystal bawled for about an hour. I sat there and thought, how do people stay married? And this is real. The lady looked at me. She goes, are you okay? I said, I don't know. I don't know. And then God used even these moments. And we met the, 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 uh, the blood technician, drew Crystal's blood, and uh, turned out that she started coming to City Life and uh, ended up marrying one of my friends, and they live out in Perry now, and just crazy stuff. You don't know how God's working and how he's moving. It's not always on our timeline. So what is the good news then? It doesn't always mean good times. The good news is not God will save us from trials. The good news is God will save us from our sins, period. That's it. God will save us from our sins. That's worth it all. It's worth it all. Well, okay, so when do we get the hookup? Who cares? May happen. And what it does is it starts to free us. So we understand we are sojourners. We are exiles. We are aliens walking this thing out. It's very difficult, but it's so beautiful because we've been set free. I want you to check this uh, video out from um, one of our overseers at the church, Pastor Tommy, a.k.a. Urban D., who's went through a lot this year, and he just released a video about it. later, I lost my mother. On top of that, I lost a spiritual dad. <laughs> it's been a real struggle. My memories have been on shuffle. Thinking about the good times, but now it all sounds muffled. My heart is so troubled. My dad had an aneurysm and never fully recovered. He laid in bed for 16 years, 320 days, and we prayed, and we prayed. And we prayed that my pops would get raised. But eventually, 
He got worse and died And I wrestled with the creator and cried out God, why do the good ones have to die? At first, I didn't get a clear answer In the middle of that pain, my mom got diagnosed with cancer I'm seeing her deteriorate into a different person Physically and emotionally, the situation continued to worsen But I know, somehow God's got this But after a three-year battle, my mom got put on hospice So hard to watch this Someone so full of life, now could no longer walk Someone that was so full of words, now didn't have the energy to talk But she fought, and he fought And I held on to the scriptures that they taught See, they fought their fight, finished their race They taught me grace, they set the pace And now they get to see their creator's face So write these emotions in my journal There's a word that comforts me, eternal Because our soul lives on after we leave this earth And the Bible promises heaven To those who have a spiritual rebirth With Jesus, he comforts us, he frees us So the best is yet to come, it's gonna get better I'll see you soon, fam, cause we're gonna live forever Man, that's so powerful Cause I know him, and I know what he's went through And uh you know, I don't understand why, but I know that our, our faith is not built upon what's happening. It's built upon who God is. And God, you know, it's so crazy about why the early church responded in such a way after Jesus rose from the dead, why they would follow him so heroically. As I've been learning more about resurrection is the, um, the times, no one believed in resurrection, no one believed that somebody, there was an afterlife. It was just comical. It was not part of the early church thought ideas or any, the way anybody thought or shaped anything. And so the fact that one of us would rise from the dead uh, was such a just crazy claim. And uh, Jesus was who he said he was, and he did rise from the dead. And people saw him, and they wanted to give their life to him and for him and follow him. Um, and so that started this movement of why we're here today. And in fact, so much so that, you know, Peter, who's writing this, he goes on, he'll, he'll be crucified after these writings. And, and um, Jesus prophesied to him that his life would end in such a way. And he's, so you have two different moments. He even says, well, what about him? You know, John the Beloved. What about him? He's like, look, focus on you, bro. And Peter's walk with God was one that was raw and real. Maybe your walk with God is raw and real. Peter was a fisherman, just a normal, common trade job of that time, and not necessarily educated and learned. And we see in Acts that even when he preaches the gospel, people start to say, who are these uneducated, unlearned people? Who are they to try to explain to us the, 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 the intricacies of God? It's because uh, God chooses the unlikely to show up for what he wants to do, and it's awesome. It really is. So the resurrection happened. And what it meant was Christus Victor. Latin term for Christus Victorious. It's the early kind of pronouncement of what the church is declaring. That he's victorious over all death, 
all sin, all darkness, all false gods, Jesus is victorious. That is glorious. The new life, here's the thing, it will last forever. His word will last forever. Heaven is home. So your pain here is not in vain. It can be used to purify. It can be used to display the glory of God. It can be used and redeemed in such a way that is powerful. Just this week, I've gotten so many different phone calls. There's been multiple shootings in Lansing. Someone called me and said they they believe their cousin's paralyzed from one of the shootings. Found out that another kid that we invest in here at City Life, that their dad had died a few weeks ago of being shot. and, And the family's now all split up and I get the call about your son and we do the funeral service yesterday and I get the call that uh, Patton Gill Middle School is on lockdown because there's, peop- there's a family outside and gun shootings and crazy stuff. And you're just like, what? What would be the tendency in these moments? Okay, I got to get away. In fact, that's why everybody's writing online. I'm so happy I left Lansing. And I'm just thinking, well, Peter, Peter's saying, he said, live holy amongst this nonsense. He's saying, I want you to uh, rejoice that the trials are here. I want you to remember this faith we have. Because there's also another story that's happening. There was no more casualties at Pattengill because they were able to respond quick and isolate the incident. And there was people praying and there was multiple people that came to Jesus at the service yesterday. We ate chili cheese fries Friday night. Our twins were dancing in the studio. Crystal made dinner and we all ate. We loved and listened to family members going through pain this week. And here's the thing. We all, many times throughout this week, we chose holiness over nonsense. And so though there's a bad report happening, Nero's of the world are destructive. There's God of the world that is productive, and he's amazing. He's so awesome. So we are different. And every moment is an opportunity for us to make an eternal difference. Holiness is commanded. Our obedience is optional. There's many people uh, probably going through something this week or know somebody going through something, and we all want to pray. And I think none greater than um, remembering the life of Brandon. And we all want to pray for you today. I think it's heroic that you came here. And City Life's been used in this moment a few times now. And every time it's been really hard. Um, But God departs... um, all evil and wickedness from us, and he imparts all awesomeness to us. And I'm praying for that type of strength. I think the coolest thing was talking to you on the phone, Cal, and how Brandon was trying to get you here. (laughs) And I relate to the story so much because my dad taught me music as you taught Brandon. And Brandon had been, you know, getting ready to join the dream team and everything. And he's been serving at Love the City Week and so powerful. And so many different team members got to connect with him during that week. And, And so... Uh, We honor him and celebrate his life because it carries on. It's inspired me. I've gotten several um, comments yesterday. I even had a person email me, a pastor, that said that their life was kind of recharged yesterday. Um, And so think of the influence that they'll have. And so there were so many people that kept coming up, tears in their eyes, life changed, and that's just awesome. And so we're praying for comfort in your pain. If we all would kind of just extend a hand here and just pray for them like crazy. Jesus, we thank you for the Baxter family, that you care, 
you care? And we just lift up Jesus right now over them, over the situation. That they can continue to walk this out. There's going to be times when they don't want to smile. They don't want to look at people. They don't want to talk to people. But that you would use so many different people to hug, to listen, to just grow, that the body of Christ would be alive and active today. Thank you for comforting, and thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for them. Amen. Now, there's a lot of people here today, too, that you're going through something. And if you're going through something, I just want you to lift up your hand. If you need prayer today, you're going through things, hardship, anything going on, and uh, something's happening. I, I got my hand raised, and there's family here. And so you just leave, you just, let's just lift our hands to heaven. God, we need you. We can't do this on our own. And we thank you for your word that lives and lasts forever. That everything else will fade away, but you will last forever. That you are our peace. You are our joy. And right now, God, we want to exchange our hardships and, and, and have all of your holiness right now. That people will see your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, lastly, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, I pray that you would be compelled enough to exchange your life of sin for his life of righteousness. And you would simply say, God, I turn and I run away from my life of sin and I turn and I run to you. And when you pray that, it really simply happens right then, right now. In fact, so I, you know, don't do this often, but I think it would be pretty amazing just to kind of lead of what that would look like in somebody's heart. And maybe we could all close our eyes and just take inventory of this message today. We could, as a one big family here, we'll just all repeat this prayer and say, Jesus, forgive me of sin. I believe you died for me and you rose from the dead. I put my faith in you and I trust you. Take my life. I am yours. Lead me, train me, and I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. I have a home in heaven. I am born again, and I am new today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on. That's just a great prayer. Um, the Bible talks about that when people pray that, the angels in heaven rejoice when people pray, it's just not like that. There's not a formula. But when they give their lives to Christ, when one sinner repents, that the angels in heaven are like, yeah, party time. They're just like going crazy. The angels, that all the prophecies talked about what we're experiencing now, how great it is for us that those that are in Jesus. So check it out. You are different to make an eternal difference. So be different, be diff. Live different, live diff. And let your whole life just be about giving differently to all types of people to give diff, right? And so here we go. Go in the strength of the Lord. We'll see you next week, 10 a.m. and 11.30. You belong here. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.